This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. And good morning. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Top Ten by Geek Vibes Nation. Um, For this morning and for every morning, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me the amazing Brittany. How are you doing this morning, Brittany? Brittany, that always makes me think of like uh, like an introduction for like a circus where they're like the great, amazing, <laughs> wonderful Brittany. You know, it's like, and then they come down like on a like on a oh, what's it called, a trapeze? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I ain't that flexible, and I'm scared of heights. <laughs> I'm so used to like doing the introduction like that because we used to do this show live um in the morning on blog talk and so it's early it's 10 a.m and you need people to get pepped up and awake and all that so me shouting in their eardrums seems like a good idea (laughs) attention one way or another But, Brittany, I'm excited to speak with you this week. Actually, I feel like I was especially excited to do this podcast this week just because um, I feel that it's one we can have a lot of fun with and it's not depressing at all because I feel like last week when we did our top 10 um documentaries it got a little depressing at times which funny enough our friends over at the main damey knew exactly the um skateboarding documentary that i was talking to you about i don't know if you saw on twitter they go is it uh the boys of z-town or something i was like yeah yeah there it is there it is (laughs) that's exactly it What's funny is Aaron had actually seen he said he had seen it, and I was like, well, oh, of course cool. he has. <laughs> well, I instantly said to myself, I know that he likes skateboarding, and I thought it was such an interesting documentary for those who really just like skateboarding. I'll tell you something really quick before we get into the actual top ten this week. Um, I just finished watching this uh, Netflix miniseries called The Queen's Gambit. Really yeah, good. I started watching it. I have not. Oh. I've hardly seen it, but he said he was like, it's really good. Really depressing, though. I don't think it's overly depressing. I mean, there's tragic notes in it with the main character, but I found it to be so... You you ever watch a show or a film or anything, and you're like, that's just smart. It's so <laughs> smart because it's all about chess, and I don't know how to play chess. I grew up playing checkers with my grandpa, so um, no idea about, you know, chess at all, but this show makes you, like, really into chess. You're like, I want to learn to play chess to beat someone, so um, you should definitely watch it along with him. It is so incredibly good, but um, our top 10 this week is the top 10 most adorable creatures in TV and film. I thought this would be a good one. Um you know, Brittany and I are fans of things adorable, and why not, right? 
everyone. You know, speaking of cute, I have at least two kittens sniffing my face right now because <laughs> we've been in a bed until up until this point. And so uh, and so the kittens were like, oh, you're awake, huh? That means you have your undivided attention on me. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I mean, I have Lady sitting right next to me on the couch, and she's the most adorable thing I've ever seen. I was going to make a bad joke with um, American Gods just put out a new teaser for their third season, and I'm like, does Technical Boy count as, like, a creature? Because he's technically not human, so can't he be, like, on the adorable creatures list? Oh, my gosh, you thirsty bitch. I, you know what, I am. Listen, they got rid of Matt Sweeney, they got rid of Mr. Nancy, my, uh, you know, my options are dwindling down there, so, yeah, but, um, <laughs> I would say Ian McShane looked really good in that, like, uh, that, like, portrait thing they did for him. Did you it? Know, he looked, yeah. he looked dapper as hell. I know, I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready for the new I, season. I figure anytime Ian McShane is on screen, I'm I it's I hope you know this, Brittany, that I don't just look out for actors for myself. I know the actors you like and I'm always keeping tabs. And so anytime I hmm? I said aw, Tia. So anytime I see something with Ian McShane, I'm like, Brittany. I mean, he technically was in last season of Law & Order SVU, but I haven't ever seen the episode. But I feel like it's something we I should definitely either. watch. I know. I need to watch it, too, because, like, the thing was, is I was like, oh, I was like, he's so awesome, you know, and he was Deadwood. And you look him up, he's like, what, like, getting close to being, like, 80 years old, and he does not look at no, no, definitely. That Whatever he's doing, these. Whatever he's doing, he needs to keep it up because he looks freaking great. Um, he definitely doesn't look his age. I feel like, though, a lot of it has to do with maybe the fact that he dyes his hair. Because isn't Sir Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins, like, 80 himself, but he certainly looks it more. But I think that's maybe because he doesn't dye his hair. This man. Well, see, the thing is, is though. So his hair looks black and everything, but his beard is salt and pepper. <laughs> this man was born in 1942, and he's 78 years old. He's seen some shit. He is old enough like he was three years old at the end of World War II, to put that that's, into perspective. That's some shit. <laughs> he could be our grandpa. <laughs> And, and Brittany's over here thirsting over him. <laughs> listen here. Listen here to you. But let's get into the actual podcast um, so that we don't go three hours again. Not that oh I mind it. I love, I love going three hours with Brittany. Um, I just have things to do today. No. <laughs> but, but, of course, before we get into the podcast, we have a message from the friend of the podcast. As I just mentioned, the main Damie. They have their D&D podcast called Stranger Damies, which is an ongoing real play D&D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. Make sure you join them every Wednesday as the Wild Stallions traverse the many traps and tribulations that Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition has to throw in their path. There's elves. 
weird half-dragon people, conspiracies to uncover, and more references to the 1980s than Ready Player One. Subscribe to the podcast on all podcast services by searching Stranger Damies, and make sure you follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. Stranger Damies is also a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find us at geekfivesnation.com. Brittany, we're doing the top ten most adorable creatures in movie and TV, so make sure you do a good one to start us off for the number ten. <laughs> All the pressure. You, did you like my my race uh, there? <laughs> I was like, breathe, Tia, breathe, please. You'll pass out. I'll be all alone. It'll just be like uh, two hours of me panicking. Like, someone help her. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the thing is? It's like I feel like I have two speeds. I either talk so slow that it sounds as if I'm, say, like, high 24-7, or I'm speed racing with my speech. There is no in-between. There is no in-between. There is no normal speech. (laughs) But, um, yes, Brittany, give us your number 10. I'm going to go with, uh, it's a movie I haven't seen in a while, but I always remember how cute he was. Do you remember uh, the, the the Iron Giant from The Iron Giant? I So let me tell you, I loved this movie. This was one of, like, my childhood favorite movies. I had, the, I had it in a VHS tape, and back then they literally sold the VHS tape with a mini Iron Giant toy oh in the sleeve. And I never knew anyone else, like, watch this movie other than me because no one my age would talk about it. And it's only been until I've been on social media that I see people bring it up. And I'm like, oh, my God, I wasn't the only one. <laughs> my thing was, it's like, for me as a kid, this movie just, like, magically appeared one day. I remember I was over at my memo Brenda's house, and I really like I was staying the night because I always wanted to stay the night with her. And she would always put the TV like, you know, I think she always had satellite television. So it was always like, oh, my gosh, there's a world of possibilities. <laughs> and uh, I remember like flipping through and the Iron Giant came on when I was like real little. Right. And I was like, what is this? What is this magical movie? And just like I know liked it. And then I think my parents like bought it for me on like VHS because I think that was still a thing by that point. And um I don't know. It's just like, so for just like the short summary of it, it's basically a boy finds a freaking war machine that got bonked in the head and can't remember. It's like a, a death-killing machine monster thing. And it's just like so innocent and so like just curious of the world. And I love the little dent in his forehead. <laughs> and so like, oh, you know. But uh, basically, I'm trying to keep this thing a secret, but it's kind of hard when the thing is so gigantic, it can hold the boy in his hand and just kind of walk and just be up like, I guess like it's like the size of a skyscraper, like not really, but it's pretty huge. I mean, it's taller than any trees. Um, It towers over everything. 
but I, it's kind of like I think at some point people kind of see it and they think they're going crazy and because it somehow magically disappears. But it obvi- I think this is at a time, like, I don't know if it was the Cold War or, like, what war it was that everybody was still, like, in a panic, like, thinking we're going to go to war at any moment, you know. And so when they see this creature, they're like, obviously this was sent, you know, to kill us. So they think about, like, don't they nearly, like, oh, yeah, they were going to send, like, a nuke or something or some kind of, like, bomb to, like, drop on the area. And uh, they, I think it was, like, the Cold War, and they were like, the Russians obviously sent it. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to think. I was like, what's it the Cold War? Because that's all I could think of. Which, funnily enough, if it was a war machine, could it have been exactly that? Like, was it sent by the Russians, or was it just an alien? I think it was actually an alien. Yeah, I thought that was, like, the whole thing, that it wasn't built by any, like, actual... See, it's been a really long time since I've watched it, too. (laughs) But, like, I remember, you know, like, did you not cry at the end? You don't have a soul if you didn't, like, just sob your eyes out at the end as a kid. Oh my gosh, the most depressing thing ever when he, like, sacrifices himself and he's like, humans are good, blah, 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 even though, and, like, he he was going to go save them even though they all tried to destroy him and everything. Oh, I was a wreck. <laughs> good or something like that. So, yeah, he, you know. Do you, okay, I don't know if you know this, you probably do know this, but um, did you know that Vin Diesel voiced the Iron Giant? Well, he didn't. That must have been in his heyday. Like, remember when they used to cast him and everything, kind of like The Rock? Right, but I think it's just funny because it's like, he voices the Iron Giant who had very, like, minimal lines, and he's also voices Groot. So it's kind of like, they're just like, oh, we need... We need someone to to voice a character, but say very little. Vin Diesel. Man of many words, the most uh, overpaid uh, voice, voice actor. actor. <laughs> that you know what that is true. Give it to someone who don't can't uh, can't uh, earn as much as he does. You know. I know, right? Right. I just remember, like, I know he's not conventionally cute, but like. I guess it's like his mannerisms are so childlike, and he's just so innocent while he's supposed to be like a killing machine. It's just so like, I don't know. Did his parts start to like go towards each other at the end? Yeah, he was like falling apart. Well, he got exploded, and like his parts were everywhere. But I think they started like slowly re-putting him back together. Oh, uh, his last thing his last thing was saying Superman as he collides with the weapon because he um he loves Superman. I know, but I'm saying like he gets exploded by the the bomb, right? And all his um, parts are scattered over, but I think the parts start finding each other at the end. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. But mm-hmm. you remember like whenever he was like like felt threatened, his eyes would go red, and he would go, like, into instant kill mode, and I was like, oh, shit. It says, months, I'm, I'm reading the last paragraph of Wikipedia, 
Months later, a memorial of the giant stands in Rockwell. Dean and Amy begin a relationship. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. It says the blah blah blah. That night, Hogarth finds the screw trying to move on its own, and remembering the giant's ability to self-repair, happily allows the screw to leave. The screw joins many other parts as they converge on the giant's head in Iceland, and the giant smiles as he begins reassembling himself. So, were we supposed to have, like, a second Iron Giant that we never got? I think they're, like, actually making a sequel to it, but then, you know, the corona happened. Oh, yeah, that's true, and it'd probably be crap anyway. <laughs> no, don't say that. Wait, no, I, mine too, but I feel like any time they try to remake, redo, or revive, like, something from our childhood, it's always just a cash grab, and they're just trying to, like, touch upon nostalgia. But I agree, Brittany. I love the movie, First of the Iron Giant, even though it's been a long time since I've seen it. I do agree that the Iron Giant, for being such a giant, was quite adorable in his innocence and his love for the humans um, and his love for Superman. I thought that was adorable. Oh, I did love his love of Superman. Yeah, no, I mean, that was, like, his whole thing. He did, like, the Superman, like, you know, with his arms in front of him and everything as he was flying, um, as he was rescuing the planet from certain destruction. Aww. <laughs> I love that. You're just, like, encapsulated with the adorableness that I, you're... I am. <laughs> I am. I was also having one of the kittens bite the fire out of me. Oh, my God. But I love starting this list with the Iron Giant. Certainly a adorable creature. I'm going to go with the number nine. I swear that this is not the most adorable robots um, top ten. I just wanted to put him at number nine. And my number nine is going to be Wally. Because you bitch. No, sorry. Oh, was he on was he on your list? I love it. It's perfect. I loved Wally. Oh my god. Um uh, when I first saw that movie, because like I'll admit to you that when like movies stopped being in the cartoon animation and started going into more of the three D animation, I kind of started disliking the movies just I think because I grew up so used to the cartoon animation, and I and it's not something you ever see anymore, right? Yeah. Um, so I think I saw Wally much like many years after it actually came out. I don't even know what possessed me to watch it, where I watched it, or anything like that. But I just remember going, "Oh my god, this thing." is the cutest thing I have ever seen. Like, little Wally was so adorable how he was just collecting all of the trash. He was watching, um, you know, Earth the Earth movies and how he loved Eva and just his little speech and everything. Oh, my God. It was so cute. And how, like, a cockroach was his best friend. He was the most adorable thing. Like, that movie was so cute. The whole entire thing with him being on the ship. And I love how he became the sort of unsung hero at the end of it, going up against the uh, ship that was very... The ship's turn was very reminiscent of that movie. Remember 
I don't know if you ever saw it or if you know anything about like 2001 Space Odyssey where this, you know, this ship turns against the humans going, I can't allow you to do that. And so I feel like this ship was doing the same thing. And Wally just like standing up against him and even the humans were like, Wally, I, I can't. I love Wally. He's so adorable. I think. I wanted like a Wally figurine at some point, and if they make a Funko Pop doll, I definitely want it. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about like um, I I love the story behind like Wally too. Like it's multifaceted because you have one, you feel so bad from because he's so isolated because all the other Wally units have basically died. Right? They are all they they were wore out. And, they you know, he kept doing his job. Yeah, he just kept doing his job in and job out. But it was, did you not find it slightly satisfying when he had, like, that moment where he's, like, doing it and it fast-forwards a little bit and he did all the cubes and it cleared out so much area? And you're like, it, oh, buddy. It was, like, really oddly satisfying to see him gather all the trash and, like, put it in his body and, like, compress it into a cube. It was really oddly satisfying. Can we have just a short of that? <laughs> yeah. And I do love like the like the message behind it, like about like, you know, with the consumerism and about like having a fully sedentary lifestyle, like when things get too comfortable and how, you know, luxury is great, but you know, there's it's not all it's cracked up to be like there is like consequences to doing something like that. I don't know. The whole setup is just oh, really yeah. nice. I mean, I'm just concentrating on how, like, cute Wally is going along the theme of the top ten. But if we wanted to talk about the actual movie, I mean, I watched that as an adult feeling it was so poignant. Um, And how, like, pollution and, as you said, consumerism is destroying our planet. And you're sitting there going, fuck, like... They're on the nose. <laughs> they're really on the nose. I mean, if you look at some places around the world where their oceans are nothing but literal bottles and trash, I mean, the Wally, the movie, hit the fucking nail on the head, you know? Yeah, and, and I was going to say on that note also, on, on the cute factor, Eva is pretty freaking darn cute herself. She was, and how she started, like, at first really disliking Wally because she thought he was this really annoying, naive, little, like, outdated unit. And then at the end where she tried to, like, save him and she wanted to, like, hold his hands and everything, I'm like, oh, Eva! <laughs> it's so recognizer. Like, after it's, he got rebooted. Oh, that's right. It's so funny because they're literally robots that don't say anything, and you all. But it doesn't matter because you know their story anyway. Like you, it, they didn't need to say anything for you to completely be enwrapped with their storyline. No, Eva was definitely cute as well. But um, didn't you feel sometimes that she looked like she could have been like a cold-hearted assassin? Like she looked sometimes <laughs> like she was ready to kill. Black Widow, if she was a freaking robot. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like she was in the red room. <laughs> I loved it. Um, yeah, Wally was definitely one of the most, like, to me, one of the 
best animated movies, and Wally is certainly one of the most adorable creatures. Um, one day in human society, we may need a Wally. <laughs> You're right. Oh man. Uh, hopefully, hopefully not. But yeah, if I, like you know what? That wasn't a bad idea to mass produce those little robots. But still, um, hopefully, it never gets to the point where we all become so sedentary that we none of us use our legs anymore. Like that shit was crazy watching when they're all on the ship and some of them have never even stood. Like their legs have transformed to the point of where it was like standing was such a a thing for them. I know. I was like, that's terrifying. Except my brain goes too logical and away from the cute point. I was like, oh, um, if somebody went that long without walking, they would not be able to just, like, stand up like that. Well, I mean, if you saw he was having problems. No, but I understand what you mean. I mean, that's generations of, like, evolution, pretty much, of evolving past the need for legs. Oh, that's kind of like, uh, I was watching uh, Kipo and the Wonder Beast, uh, and uh, I can't remember who said it, but like, Brittany, you're ruining it, because, because the girl <laughs> was, like, born underground, and she gets spit out on the surface, and she's like, oh, the sun's so bright, and I'm like, technically, you would be instantly, basically blinded, because I was like, because miners, even just trapped underground for, like, um, like, a few days, have trouble with the sun afterwards, and they're like, can you just not? Can you just <laughs> bring away for like just a second? <laughs> sometimes you can't help it. Sometimes you really can't help it. I don't have any examples right now off the top of my head, but I can tell you that I've felt the same exact way in scenarios just like that. So, yeah, Wally for number nine. Brittany, what is your number eight? I think I'm going to go with... Uh, You'll laugh because it's going to be the conventionally cute movie, uh, like Creatures. But did you ever watch Homeward Bound with, like, Sassy and Chance and – do I remember the other one's name? Oh, it was Sassy, Chance, and Shadow. Did you ever watch it? I have not. Tia. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's basically a movie about, and I have to like relook up the premise later of like what exactly happened. But it's about this family. They have two dogs and a cat. And I can't think off the top of my head, but they get separated from their family. And it's one of those movies, kind of like uh, Milo and Otis, you know, like where. Everything, like, the animals are all, like, real, but they have, like, a voiceover for the animal. Mm. That, that makes sense. And yeah. so, basically, it's just about their journey through, like, the wilderness, about, like, how they're trying to get back to their human family. And uh, Shadow was a golden retriever. Um, Chance was some kind of, like, like, almost like a pit bull mix. And Sassy was like like a like a I want to say like a Maine Coon or like a Himalayan cat, right? And she was like very sassy. She was very proper. She was a proper cat. And it's just their journey through like the wilderness and just trying to get back to their family. And there's like and about the other creatures they run into. Um, I remember uh, at the end, I was, like, so brokenhearted because, see, Shadow is uh, a, an old, like, 
golden retriever, right? Like, and so there's a part where Sassy and Chance make it back to their family, which I don't remember how they got separated from their family. I really, really don't. I don't remember what happened to them. But, um, so Chance and Sassy make it, and, like, each of these animals belong to one of the kids of the family, one of the three kids. So, you know, uh, the boy, like, think, like, the oldest son, right, is the one that had uh, Shadow, and he's just like, come on, Shadow, come on, because Shadow's not showing up. And the dad, you know, touches his arm and goes, you know, we know Shadow was really old, you know, and and he's just so heartbroken. And then you see Shadow come over the hill, and oh, I like, it, like it's been so long, I still want to cry over it, like, <laughs> like instant, like too, because like you're like, because at first you're like, oh God, Shadow's not gonna make it, and obviously you know they wouldn't do that to you. But, like, as a child, you're like, the world's a cruel place. I'm still learning. And, um, but there's, like, I don't know. It's just, like, the way it's set up, the voices they chose for each of these animals. And just, like, there's a part where Sassy, like, nearly drowns. And, like, a guy that just lives in the wilderness finds her. And he, like, wraps her up in a blanket. And she's like, oh. Oh, this is nice. This is real nice. I don't know. It's just, it's very conventionally adorable. So would you say that every character in uh, Homeward Bound is on the list? Yes, Sassy, Chance, and uh, Shadow. Yeah, I've never seen this. By the way, I always laugh over Shadow because Shadow is such a name that, like, a young boy would pick for a dog. (laughs) <laughs> You're right. Well, it makes me think every time you say Shadow, I think of Shadow Moon from American oh God. My God. I always think Shadow from Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, I liked Shadow from Sonic the Hedgehog. I always liked all the characters other than Sonic the Hedgehog, but that's neither here nor there. Um, what you call it? No, I mean I've never seen it, but I think it sounds adorable with what you were describing do you think that have you seen it lately would it stand up to the test of time i i would have such a nostalgic gasm over it that it would still hold up <laughs> i like that a nostalgic gasm that's the perfect way to describe it I just, I don't know. That movie just, I don't know. I makes me want to rewatch it right now. Like, I'll send you pictures of how freaking adorable these animals are. Yeah, no, that would be better to, like, have a visualization. It was, of it was in 1993. Uh, everything that was good came from the 90s. We know this. I thought you were going to say 1993, and I was like, you weren't born in 1993. No, the 90s. 90s, 90s, kids. 90s, only 90s kids remember. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Did you ever see? By the way, this is so random. Um, where someone pointed out that the cereal tricks used to be in actual shapes, and now they're only in round balls. And someone was like, "Why is it that you know?" Now, as an adult, when you when they're around, they're only in round balls, and someone's like, "That's because tricks are for kids." And it's like, "Whoa!" Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that, 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 that's so by this. I was like, "Oh my god!" 
Okay, let me see. So Brittany just sent me the picture of Homer Bound. Yep, cute. We got a Labrador. We have a pit bull of some kind, I assume, and a cat. And I feel like you can't go wrong there. Right? I still don't remember what kind of cat she was. I think she was like... I don't uh, know what it was. Is the pets just like got left behind while the parents were on like went on a holiday, right? And yeah. so they, they've been abandoned. So they go all the way to California to be reunited with them, not knowing that they could just stayed. But what's funny is uh, who voiced Chance, like the pit bull, was like Michael J. Fox. Really? Yep. Oh. That's a classic. Michael J. Fox is a classic. Um, Yeah, I've never seen this movie. Um, I feel like I haven't seen a lot of movies where it's the actual, say, animal with the voiceover and everything. But um, if you say it's good, I will take your word for it. And real animals are always adorable, so it goes on the list as number eight. I will get number seven. I will also be kind of uh, doing a traditional animal, although find out very uh non-traditional and it's going to be goose from the captain marvel movie the cat <laughs> not a goose <laughs> what'd you say i said oh goose that's cute yes this, this wasn't on your list right no 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 okay so we have the captain marvel movie and um, at some point, and apparently in the comics, the cat is named Chewy. I don't know why, for some reason, they changed the name to Goose, but um, what you might call it. So it's a seemingly just a normal, like, orange-furred cat, right, that just happens to be... Um, like, you know, a, a partner in Carol Danvers and Nick Fury's adventure, which I saw this thing that apparently Brie Larson is actually allergic to cats in real life. So the, so during the times where they had to use the real cat, she was, like, suffering. Um, but then there were a lot of times where it was just a stuffed cat. But I thought this freaking cat was adorable. But what was the funniest thing about this cat was when they start working alongside Talos, and Talos looks so utterly terrified of Goose, and they're like, it's just a cat, and he goes, that's not a cat, he's like, you need to get that thing away. And they're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And then at some point when they're on a ship facing off against Kree, all of a sudden, Goose opens its mouth and these, like, freaking, like, tentacles come out of its freaking mouth and just eats everyone. (laughs) And you find out that this creature is a flurkin. Um, And so even though Goose is quite adorable... Goose is also quite destructive because not only did Goose literally eat people, um, at some point ate the Tesseract and then scratched um, Nick Fury's eye and is the reason why Nick Fury lost his eye, which is one of my favorite scenes in that movie where he's like, it's just a scratch. And Talos is like, that's not just a scratch. (laughs) He was sitting there going, you say goodbye to your eye, buddy. You'll never see it again. Um, 
Which a lot of people were pissed about that, by the way, thinking that there would be some more epic backstory as to why Nick Fury lost his eye. But I kind of thought it was hilarious because it kind of just shat on everyone. It was like, oh, you think Nick Fury lost his eye in some crazy epic battle, like a shell casing hit it or he got shot in it or stabbed, blah, blah. And it's like, no, a fucking like alien cat scratched his eye out. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Um, And it also played into the fact that there was, I forget which uh, movie it was, but it was early on in um, the MCU where Nick Fury said, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. And, you know, he he trusted um, Goose and Goose betrayed him. So, yeah, Goose is my my number seven. (laughs) What do you think about that? Can we talk about how casual Fury was about his eye being scratched out, though? Like, it barely looked like like he even reacted to it, right? Like, he's like, oh, you know, I got a set. I get, like, where people are like, wish it was something a little more epic, but I do like that they played on it, like, whatever. They're like, oh, you know, what happened to your eye? And he's just like, he acts all dark and mysterious about it. And you're like, you lying-ass bastard. The thing is that it's like, it strikes me that Nick Fury would be the type of person to try to, like, be all mysterious about it when it was something like that. Because we saw in Captain Marvel... Like, Nick Fury has not acted that way towards anyone anyone but Carol Danvers. Like, who else is he singing to other than Carol Danvers, you know? He's a soft boy when it comes to her. He's a soft boy underneath all of it. He just doesn't want anyone to know. So he has to be all like, I lost this eye, and everyone's going to think, you know, wonder why, blah, 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 and in reality, there's only a few people who know the truth. Only a few people know that it's like he's a lion ass, like, he's just like, yes, this is what happened, you know, it was very tragic, and it's like, mm-hmm, I don't believe you. But yeah, so I think Goose is freaking adorable as hell, even though he's very destructive. I I think it's like... I wasn't expecting him. I do love, like, the terror people have for him. Like, you said, Talos being, like, you get that thing away from me, basically. And they're like, why is he scared? Like, no one fully, like, understanding. Yeah, I mean, Talos was so scared. And at first, you you just laugh. You're like, oh, because he's an alien. He's afraid of a cat. Ha ha. Like, it worked on, say, a comedic level. And then when you figure out what Goose actually is, you're like, oh, shit, that actually makes sense why (laughs) he's terrified. It literally eats people. And I thought the one scene when then Nick Fury needed Goose to eat people, then Goose wasn't eating people, and he was so mad because then he was like, then he was like shaking. It it felt like what a real cat would do. Like they do things, and then when you actually want them to do something, they're like, "Yeah, no, go fuck yourself." <laughs> I know. Um, I I should think like it. Goose was so unexpected, and I think I felt like I felt like they were pandering to the internet. The freaking internet loves cats. Oh, yeah, the internet loves cats. You put a cat in something, and the fucking internet's going to go wild over it. And we did. Like, we certainly did. I have a Goose Funko Pop doll. (laughs) I was like, I need a goose in my life. 
You know, you're giving me flashbacks to, uh, remember, like, uh, New York Comic Con when I did the Captain Marvel cosplay, and was it the comedian that was, like, Danvers? Like, I was, like... Yeah, I, I think that's what it was. And I always, and I think there was a Nick Fury that was, like, giving me the up and down, and I was like, this is the best thing ever. Um, my first near Comic Con, by the way, I dressed up as Harley Quinn, and it was like a really like sweet fucking Harley Quinn outfit. Like I painted my face to to filth. Um, <laughs> and I remember walking, and there was this guy dressed up as Nick Fury, and he was like Doctor Quinn, and I was like Director Fury. <laughs> did, did, did you have a moment where it, like jump started a lifelong love of like cosplay and Comic Con? Because that's the coolest thing about cosplay. Like when people actually get it and then they play along, it's the coolest fucking thing. The like aspect is awesome of it. The what? The role play aspect. Yeah, I mean that it's just so cool. And even though it's for those like brief seconds, right? It just it feels so epic when you do it, right? I I love it. That's why I was so upset about this year. Um say you know not being able to have a physical comic-con it was like oh god this this sucks i loved um what was it last year's comic-con remember i dressed up as robin from stranger things and um i there was a family that was dressed up as like jim hopper and joyce and all that and i got in the picture with them i was like this is the best thing ever this is the family reunion tia I keep telling Polly one year that I want him to dress up as Bob from Poppers and I'll be Linda because I feel like it would be the best costume and I feel like he's Bob underneath all of this. So um, I did see one year a couple dressed up and I, Brittany, remind me, do you, do you watch a lot of Bob's Burgers? I always forget. So do you remember the episode where Bob and Linda had the argument about the the spice rack versus like the like spice armband thing that Bob had made? I do not I will say I do okay. not remember this one. So there was one episode really quick, I know this is like so off topic, but there was one episode where like there was a school science fair and Bob was like, oh, I'm going to premiere my invention. And it was like an armband with like spices on it. And he's like, so it's easily accessible. And then Linda was like, I have a better idea. And she literally made a bra with spices on it and called it the spice rack. And and they literally argued over who had the best one, literally went to like this school science fair to try and like pass off their shit as like one of their kids like inventions. So one Comic-Con, there was literally a couple that dressed as Bob and Linda and the woman had a spice rack on and the guy had the spice armband on. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Yeah, I'm just Comic-Con now. I'm just depressed. I thought this would be cute, Tia, and make me cheer up, but this just made me more depressed. I'm sorry, but... Uh, Getting back to the task at hand, uh, number seven is Goose. Brittany, what is your number six? I swear, this isn't just like a robot thing. I think it's because <laughs> we think of creatures, we think of sci-fi, right? Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to go with R2-D2 from Star Wars. <laughs> it's so funny because I have a character on my list that's in that family. <laughs> I, like, he's so cute. Yeah, and remember his little screams? I know it's, like, not convincing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because I think, like, when I first watched Star Wars, I was so little, right? Like, so freaking little. And I remember, like, being so obsessed with R2-D2 because I wanted a toy. I remember, remember those old Sears catalogs, and I'm sure they still do them? There was, like, a an R2-D2 that was, like, remote controlled. It was back, like, when robots were starting to get smart, and then it was, like, teach it to you know, fetch you a soda, and I was like, this is the best thing ever, but, um, I wanted an R2-D2 so bad, I thought, like, he was the cutest thing ever, I thought, like, you know my obsession with robots anyways, Tia knows, <laughs> and I was sitting there like, I just need him, Tia, I just need a cute little robot in my life, um, did you ever play the Star Wars Lego games? I did not. <gasps> really? I figured you would. So, um, for the PS2, which to me is still the superior PlayStation, no, it's just because that was like my height of gaming and all that. So, on the PS2, they came out with Star Wars Legos, um, episode, like the original trilogy, and then they came out with Star Wars Legos, the prequel trilogy, right? And I love and I love playing it, even though I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. It was just so much fun to me, right? And it was all adorable because it was all Legos, right? But there were so many times in both of those games that you would need R2-D2 with you or some variation of R2-D2 because, you know, there was so many of those little droids, right, that they would get, like, hit by a blast and go, ah! <laughs> just scream all the time. <laughs> so freaking funny. Oh my god, it's so... What? And now I need it. I need this <laughs> for R2D2. Uh, it's like, You're so cute. Uh, look, what do you think it is about him that makes him so freaking cute? Is it the little noises like- he makes? I think it's like the noises and like the like body shakes and the fact that this is a robot, but you fully know that he has this personality because especially paired up with C-3PO where apparently um, R2-D2 is always sassy to him because you hear like even though you can't tell what R2-D2 is saying, it's like C-3PO is like, oh, my word or something, yeah. you know, so you're like, oh, R2-D2 is a sassy little fucker. <laughs> He is a sassy little bitch. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, and I think it's like it is neat, like when you have a character that can't speak and they can really convey their emotions, even just through little sounds or actions, and using the people around them to kind of convey that message, which I think is clever. And so I appreciate it from like that point, but I also think like there, I don't know, and I think it's like. In the movies are old enough that you're kind of like, oh, you know, they didn't have quite what we had now, but he felt very real. Well, you know, an actor actually was in that suit. Like, yeah. that, which is so crazy. Like, that wasn't, um, say, like, fully a robot. Like, there was someone who was actually in there, which is crazy where you would think, like, why would they need that? But I guess that 
you know, maybe in a sense also helped with the, like, human component to it. Didn't also the guy that did the, like, the actors for R2-D2 and C-3PO hated each other? I think they had, well, like, a long-standing, like, feud of not liking one another. Oh, I didn't know that. I had never heard that. Um, oh, that made it less I, cute. <laughs> no, I believe, I mean, all of them have, like, passed. The guy who played C-3PO, the guy who played R2-D2, the guy who played Chewbacca, I think they've all, like, passed, which is crazy. Um, like, uh, Mark Hamill and, uh, God, what the fuck is his name? Harrison Ford are the only ones left from, say, the original Star Wars trilogy. What'd you say? Um, Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill are the only ones left from the original, uh, Star Wars trilogy. Interesting as shit. I know. I know. What'd you say? So what are we gonna do when we lose them? What? I said, what are we gonna do when we lose them? Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea. You know what's crazy, though? It's like everyone, um, sits there and associates Mark Hamill with Luke. But I guess it's because I didn't watch the original Star Wars trilogy trilogy until after having seen the prequels that to me I associate Mark Hamill with the Joker. Like he's the Joker. <laughs> when I was growing up, I will say like learning about Mark Hamill being also, you know, uh Luke, I was like, no, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> I was like, this scary mofo is like, I was terrified of the Joker. You know what? In a way, I'm still terrified of the Joker. I will not lie. I can't lie to you, Tia. He freaks me out. But don't you, anytime you watch, say, an animated Joker, you always expect them to sound like Mark Hamill? Like, he is the perfect... um, joker voice i will say this is like getting like out of hand right now but you know this is how our this is how our top tens normally go we go off the rails Um, the harley quinn animated show that used to be on dc universe and now is going to be on hbo max um alan tudyk voices the joker and i have to say he does a really good job like he very much feels like mark hamill's joker but also being his own joker like i would say as far as like voice jokers go not including the um you know in person jokers but i would say it's like mark hamill and alan tudyk right underneath him and i'm confident and i remember mark hamill was just like I guess he was just tired of playing the Joker, but he, to me, is, like, it's, like, when people are, like, I don't want to be typecast, I'm, like, well, please be typecasted, please. <laughs> I mean, he's he's done it for, I mean, he was in, you know, he did it for Batman the Anime Series, he did it for another anime series after that, he did it on, like, you know, all of the games, pretty much, I mean, he has given, like, a lot of the Joker, but I will say that, um, what is it? Oh, God. What is that Flash character, the trickster? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he voiced him. Not only did he... I don't think he voiced him, but he played him in the original, like, 1990s version of the Flash, like, live-action show. And oh, then when they... God. And now when they have um, the Flash, like, for CW, they brought him back as the trickster, right? But... 
his voice sounds like the Joker. <laughs> so he's playing this character. Does. He's playing this character that's supposed to be like the trickster, and he goes to laugh, and I'm like, yeah, no, I, ju- I just hear the Joker. <laughs> Oh man, now I want to just rewatch. Like, I want to play replay the Batman games now. Do you know I never finished the first one? I <laughs> gave up. <laughs> I couldn't beat Bane. Oh, Tia, I'm not. I'm not good with adventure games. I I can't like. Uh, I'm not good with them, right? Like, give me a fighting game, give me a racing game, I'll beat those, right? But as far as, say, like, adventure games like that, where there's, you know, you always have to unlock the next thing, I'm never good at them, because I never, like, know where to look or anything like that. I'm just like, yeah, I suck. So, you know, it is what it is. Like, I accept my suckage. I, I accept it. I'm still living in the era of, like, N64 with Kirby and Super Mario Brothers and shit. And I'm okay with it. That's my that's my level of games there. Like, I have no interest in the games that, like, you or um, Game Vault Podcast play, which is, like, I'm totally in the minority here, right? Like, gamers love the sort of games that you guys play. But for me, it's, like, I guess because, you know, I never continued getting more consoles, really, you know? Like, I love the PS2, and I only got the PS3 because I wanted the new game of SSX. And I was like, you know, I was like, I'm not going to continue getting these consoles, you know, so like my gaming really stopped as soon as they stopped like selling PS2 games at Best Buy. You know, what's crazy, by the way, which that's crazy, too. But does it feel not crazy that we're already on to the PS5? You know what's crazy about the PS5 is it looks so different than other PlayStations. Like, I so I have I never had the PS1, right? But I, I've obviously seen what it looks like. I have the PS2, I have the PS3, and I do have the PS4 because Paulie bought them for me. But he more so uses the PS4 now. Um, and they all relatively they all relatively look the same. You know these black boxes. Um, it's so interesting that PlayStation comes out with this, like, insanely futuristic um, console. Now, I haven't asked you this, but Kanan has it, and he said it is heavy as fuck. Like, no, that thing is heavy. I will say that. I, I know, like, we're off topic, um, I, I, and I walked out of, like, the store with it. It was so heavy. That I was, like, waddling with it. You ever, like, picked up something, like, where it's almost too heavy to pick up? And you're yeah. like, oh, am I weak? But you're like, oh, it's just so big and awkward. But don't get me wrong, I love it. I was going to say the controllers are really freaky because there's a part in the game where I was walking through water and it felt like the controller was filled with water and it was, like, sloshing around in the controller. That's so trippy, man. See, I can't. I can't. They yeah, don't I can't. Man. They don't make any of the games that, like, I loved, you know? I just, I, I miss the, the the golden era of gaming. <laughs> I know, I miss it too. By the way, Brittany, after we did, remember, like, months and months and months ago, we did the top ten best, like, streamers? 
Um, yeah. and you and you suggested odd tinkering. I watch that guy all the time do like his restorations. He recently did an N sixty four. I something. It's so satisfying watching him, like, fix all of these old games and shit like that and make them look brand new, make them work like brand new. I'm like, that's so impressive. Imagine being that talented. <laughs> I know. I wish I was that talented. I want to tinker with things. I, I want to learn from him. You know, that dude, by the way. He's super good at it because there is another guy I used to watch that likes to try to make money from it. And he sat there and he was like, oh, this isn't worth fixing. And he'll just re- rebuy a new part. Well, like, forget, like, Odd Tinkering has re-soldered so many things, soldered, soldered, re-soldered so many things that I'm like, that other dude just seems lazy now. Well, yeah, I forget what I was watching him do yesterday, but he, you know, he doesn't talk. He has the text at the bottom of his, um, you know, videos and it said something like oh this one part you can rebuy online brand new he goes but i'm gonna try and salvage it myself he goes it's more fun <laughs> like yeah, he, he like generally finds this crap. fun hmm? so that's just a dude that loves his craft at that point exactly and it's kind of cool it's like damn can he like take a look at my xbox three my xbox one because it is fucked <laughs> <laughs> My Xbox One has not turned on in months. <laughs> oh my gosh, now I want to fix it. I've tried, Brittany. I have tried doing everything the internet has told me to do, and it refuses. And I'm like, you bastard. Hmm? Have you tried hitting it? Yeah, no, I've tried doing that too. I've tried doing the old, you know, oh hitting the... <laughs> No, come on, don't you remember back in the day when we had the box TVs and it wasn't working? You're like, hang on, let me just give it one flap. <laughs> I, I thought it was so dangerous. Like, the people of Cardiff Electric would be cringing yeah. watching something get smacked now. You know, they say that, like, the old cartridges, you weren't supposed to blow on them. But we used to do, like, when I was at my grandpa's house and we'd play the original Nintendo, you know, sometimes it would fuck up and you'd just, like, take the cartridge out and blow on it. And it'd be like, oh, look, it's working now. <laughs> I, You know, I didn't understand until I was an adult why you're not supposed to do that. It's because it oxidizes the metal inside of it where you can't freaking play it. But you're like, then why is that the only way to make it work? Yeah, like, if you weren't meant to do it, why does it work when you do it? Like, do you know how, back in the day with um, computers, again, when they were big and boxy, you hit the computer, it would suddenly work. It's like, well, if that's not supposed to be a solution, why does it seem like a solution? Yeah, like, right? Like, if it works, it works. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, Brittany, great job for R2-D2 for number six. I'm going to take number five, and I'm going to stick with the Star Wars theme, and I'm going to do BB-8. I'm going to piggyback, and I'm going to do BB-8. Hmm? BB-8 is adorable. BB-8 was the best thing about the new trilogy. I didn't care one bit about um, The Force Awakens. I only was there for BB-8. I thought he was... He, she, um, you know, I don't know what we're calling BB-8 because I feel like R2-D2 um, we call, like, he, and I don't know if, like, BB-8 was supposed to be a she, but, you know, they're robots, so I don't think they have gender. Um, but I – what are we – what's the consensus here, Brittany? Are we calling BB-8 a he? I was 
there's a boy. Because I think they even call R2-D2, like, oh, like... Good boy or something like that, right? 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 right. I said, like, they say, like, good boy or something, right? Yeah, yeah, they said I'm going to look it up. You you talk, I'm going to look up and see, like, what's the general consensus. Okay, well, for those who are listen, for those who are listening, we're gonna call BB eight a boy. Um, if you know any better, let us know. It's just for the ease of speech right now. Um, oh, but so- that uh, that they saw initially BB eight as a female, and then started to see them more like male as they developed the character. Okay, either way. Um, we'll just call BB-8 he. That's fine. Um, they confirmed him as a boy by the end of it, so yes. Okay. So BB-8 was the most adorable thing ever. Like, he was just, uh, like, for, okay, it's like R2-D2 was already adorable. We've established that, right? And yeah. then you have BB-8, who's literally, like, this little ball just like rolling around everywhere was so fucking cute i was like oh my god i can't um i thought it was so fucking adorable i was just like overcome with myself i didn't pay attention to anything else in the rest of the freaking movie because bb8 was just there being the cutest thing ever and i swear i had like a cute like i had a cute overload at the end of The Force Awakens when BB-8 meets up with R2-D2 and they tap each other and then they do a little happy dance. And I'm like, I can't. I, did not I can't. Know that. Did you not see The Force Awakens? You saw The Force Awakens. No, I haven't. I thought you did. That's the one where you thought, like, Kylo Ren was really hot and then he took off his helmet and you're like, oh, never mind. I, thought that, I didn't think R2-D2 showed up in that one, though. He showed up at the very, 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 very end. Oh, no, which, just which, listen, I don't want to get the Adam Driver stands mad at me. I will say that I think that Adam Driver, Adam Driver has, like, grown on me since then. He just looked really young in The Force Awakens. But I've seen a lot of things of his afterwards where he, like, he's a good actor. I won't talk any shit about Adam Driver. I just think in The Force Awakens he just looked like a child, and you weren't expecting that when he took I off know. his helmet. <laughs> Tia knows my sheer disappointment. Did we see that movie together? I feel like no, we, we watched didn't. it together. We actually didn't, but I think we may have, like, in our separate states, gone to the theater around the same time. So when we both, like, came out of the movie theater, we were texting each other. I just remember I was so disappointed because, like, because you know my love of evil characters. And, like, when I stream, everybody always laughs at me because if there's an evil character with, like, a really cool voice that pops up, they're like, oh, boy, here we go again. Look at Brittany. But, no, um, I I was so disappointed when I was like, oh, this evil character, you know, he's got her, like, all in this room and, you know, the interrogation, the manipulation. I'm like, okay, yes. Yes, and then he took the helmet on, and I just felt like, I felt like the kid, like, when they didn't, like, they got, like, the off-brand of what they really wanted, and they kind of just crossed their arms, <laughs> disappointed. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know, I know exactly what you mean. I, too, was, like, felt that uh, slight disappointment there. I was like, oh, okay. Um, But <laughs> uh, BB-8 was so freaking cute. If you, I think, 
I'm sure there's like a YouTube video where you can just like click BB-8 meeting R2-D2. It's so fucking cute. Like they, um, R2-D2 is kind of like uh, sedentary, sedentary. I, I don't even know how I'm like saying this word. Sedentary, whatever. He's like still, um, and he's like shut off for some reason. And then BB-8 just like taps him and suddenly he turns back on and all of a sudden they do like this happy dance where they like wad side to side together and i'm like this is the fucking cutest thing i've ever seen in my life this made the movie for me everyone else is talking about you know finn or poe and blah 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 ray da, da, da. i didn't care about any of that shit i just cared about the dancing droids do you ever feel, like, personally manipulated by, like, cute things in movies? Yes, because, honestly, um, I, I've i said this numerous times. I did not like the new trilogy. I didn't think any of the characters were particularly good. Um, and to me, the only thing that was good about it was BB-8. And I do have a BB-8 Funko Pop. I got that, like, with the quickness. With the quickness? I couldn't help myself. I was like, no, I, I need this. I, I need this in my life. He's he's so fucking cute. I I really could have sworn that BB-8 was supposed to be a she to, like, counteract with BB, I mean, R2-D2 being a boy. But, again, it's like, how could you, like, genderize a robot? I guess it's just us, like, needing somehow to, like, put a gender on them, if that makes sense. I will say, though, remember, though, like, originally, originally, they thought of uh, him as a girl, but then, like, later on, saw him as a boy, so, yeah. Okay. Well, for those who are listening, I am truly not trying to be offensive or anything here. I just, I didn't know, like, what we were referring to BB-8 as. Adorable. That's what we're referring to. Oh, yeah, to that's, the, that's the ultimate consensus. Just adorable. <laughs> adorable. <laughs> I just love BB-8. Um, they just need to have more of that creature around, and we will be fine. This is really... Brittany, have you realized, like, we are at number five, right? And literally, um, freaking, uh, whatchamacallit calls it? Four are um, robots. <laughs> I know. I know. I said that. I was like, that, that, the thing is, so when you think creature, you think sci-fi. And some of the cutest things that they make to pull at your heartstrings are freaking robots. They're so cute. Okay. Before we move on, Brittany, who's cuter, R2-D2 or BB-8? You can't do this, Tia. <laughs> you can't make me choose, you monster. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, I think R2-D2, just because I feel like he wasn't manufactured for me to believe he was a cute thing. He just became a cute thing. Yeah. Like, 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 not like, I'm not beefing on BB-8, right? Because he was, like, the greatest thing in those movies. But I, I felt like, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I felt like R2-D2 had so much personality that made him even cuter. We just lost all of the Star Wars fandom. <laughs> they were like, what? <laughs> what? No, I just like, hey, at least it wasn't uh, Jar Jar being like, oh, I think he's the cutest. It's like, those are words we don't say. We don't do that here. 
Can I tell you, when I first watched the prequels, I didn't find Jar Jar Banks that bad. But then I went and rewatched the prequels, and I still liked them, by the way. I still thought that they were good. Um, but he became really grating on my nerves at some point. I was like, who thought that this was a good idea? And I'm not trying to be, like, really mean, because I know that the actor went through a lot of, like, hardships with the backlash, you know, playing Charger Banks, yeah. and that's not right. Like, no one deserves that. I just think that whoever, and I guess, like, George Lucas. So George Lucas should have not wanted that annoying of a character. Like, you could have had that character be fine and not had that character be so, like, goofy all the time. You're having, like, you'd have serious moments, and then the, the character would be like, Misa! <laughs> and you're like, what is, you know what's bad, though? It's like, I hear in the comics, Jar Jar Binks isn't that bad. Then we also talk about how, um, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Like, he played uh, Fury. Oh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, can we talk about how there was no purple lightsaber before him, but he wanted a purple lightsaber so bad that they, like, poofed it into the canon for it? I mean, how do you tell Samuel L. Jackson no? Like, if Samuel L. Jackson wants a purple fucking lightsaber, you give him a purple lightsaber. (laughs) a purple lightsaber. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, if Samuel L. Jackson demands something, you're like, okay, here you go. This is yours now. You say how high? Yeah, exactly. Um, That is true. That is true. It's always been, like, uh, blue and red, which I know you didn't keep up with the Mandalorian, but they introduced the Darksaber, which is really cool looking. But that's a whole other conversation for a whole other time. Brittany, what is your number four? I'm going to go with – let me look at my list here. Because I always get, I'm like, do I have any more robots? No. Okay. <laughs> Are there yeah. any more robots here? <laughs> I, I am going to go with uh, Lilo and Stitch. And I'm going to go with Stitch. Oh, my God. He was really cute. I think it's like, so for me, Stitch, you know, he's the extraterrestrial little uh, object of destruction, weapon of destruction basically escaped down to earth and it's like he wants to like even uh his creators like oh he's gonna come here and create the most chaos he can but ends up getting adopted by a little girl named lilo and just basically learning to live on earth a little more and you know what's funny is he's like water is his ultimate like enemy right but he ends up getting sense of, like, the island completely surrounded by water, which I guess all islands are, you know, completely covered by water. Yes. But, you know, being stuck there, being stuck there and being so put out about it. But it's like, he's adorable, but he's so freaking evil, Tia, at least at the beginning where you're like, you're a little monster. You are a little, like, like little hellion. And, um... I don't know, he's just so disgusting, but he's so freaking cute, and I love that he can go between, like, shrinking in his appendages, or, like, exposing them, where you're like, oh, yeah, I forget you have, like, four or six arms, I can't remember how many arms he has, I think he has four, but, um, 
you know, basically them tracking him down. But it's like, I like how when they, he gets adopted and they're like, he's an ugly dog. And it's like, I love him. And, like, yeah, that makes me think of every animal I've loved. And when, like, yeah, they're ugly, but I love them. It reminds me of in the first Ant-Man when Scott gives his daughter that really ugly um, doll. And she's like, he's so ugly. I love him. Um, But uh, Lilo and Stitch was so, like, such a great movie in general. Like, I love the message behind it. I loved, um, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of uh, people got mad at Frozen for saying, oh, look, it's the first um, Disney movie with sisters who don't need a man, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, Lilo and Stitch is sitting right there just being ignored by people. Um, But Stitch was so adorable because he was like a little destructive biatch. He was definitely a chaotic energy, but I thought that he was so freaking adorable, and he loved Lilo. I loved the whole, like, again, I just love the whole message behind the movie. Do you remember how obsessed she was with Elvis Presley? Yes, yes, oh my god. But I can't blame her. I I love their whole, like, dynamic and everything, like, what they kind of, um, like, built with their personalities. They were just so great. Um, I'm trying to remember, like, do you remember the TV show they made? No. I didn't know they that. Made, yeah, the whole TV show was about, um, basically, you know, he's number, like, what is it, like, 600 and something, like, 62 or 7, like, I gotta find Stitch's number, right? But mm. obviously that means, like, that, um, he's, I think he's 625. No, that's not 625. I think 627. I don't remember which one he is now. I don't know if he's just 626. Okay, yeah, he's 626, which meant that there are 626 others of him, right? Yeah. Which they were all imprisoned in, like, these little orbs, right? And I think if they got put in water, they would activate and release them from their little capsules. And, well, basically, they all fall to Hawaii and they're trying to find all of Stitches. They call them Stitches cousins. Yeah. And they're trying to find them all before they can get used by the bad guys, right? And so there was some that got captured by uh what was his name? It was like the the well looking dude, right? The dude with like the well head. And yeah. basically they're just trying to like track down his cousins and they all each have like unique powers and unique backstories of why uh I think it was, like, Java. I can't remember what his name is. The the dude that made Stitch. He, like, they're basically just trying to find them. And I just thought it was such, like, a neat concept. No, I didn't know that at all. You know what that just made me realize? Like, does Stitch and his kind technically play by the gremlins rule? Like, don't get them I wet. <laughs> you know what? That's very true. That's a good point. It's kind of true right like i that that's a that's a gremlins rule there so um that's another person by the way who could have ended up probably on this list it's not on my list but gizmo very cute um if i had seen gizmo i probably would have put it but i've never seen gizmo so 
You've never seen Gremlins? Nope. Wow. Right now? That's surprise. I just feel like it's one of those movies like everyone's seen, like once at least. Well, like my parents didn't love me enough, okay? Don't rub <laughs> it in. <laughs> I mean, they, you watch Karate Kid. I feel like that's around the same era. By the way, I was so offended. Like, <laughs> I saw that. I saw that tweet of yours where you're like, I love Karate Kid. <laughs> I know. They all liked it because they were like probably laughing at me. And I was like, they were like, oh, yeah, you doesn't hold up, you know, blah, blah. And I was like, but, but you're not allowed to talk bad about Karate Kid. I love Karate Kid. I guess for me what it is is that I never saw it. I watched Cobra Kai first and then in, then watched Karate Kid. And I'm like, I guess just seeing how good, say, like the fight choreography was in Cobra Kai as opposed to like Karate Kid where the guy does like one kick and it's like, oh, he's a karate master. You don't know. At- you haven't seen it, Tia. You haven't seen it. Yes, I have. Now I've seen it. Now you I went and watched Karate Yes, after I finished the two seasons of Cobra Kai, I went television then. What did you say? You don't know good movies. Oh my god. I'm saying you can like it. I'm not trashing you. I'm just saying that I didn't think that it stood up to Cobra Kai. You can't talk bad about it. Did you know there's like five movies? I always thought that like Karate Kid was a one-off, and then they had the remake with Jackie Chan and Will Smith's kid. But I had no idea that um, Karate Kid, like, spawned four or five movies afterwards. <laughs> I can't look at you. I can't talk to you. The podcast is <laughs> the last thing we're ever doing together. <laughs> no. Oh, Brittany, don't be butthurt. <laughs> Oh, I love Karate Kid. And you're allowed to love Karate Kid. I ain't no, you have to love it, too. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to full Muppet mode. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Brittany. I'm, you know, whatever. <laughs> I ain't apologizing. Oh, my God. No. Sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> Um, I love you. But what were we talking about again? Oh yes, where did how did we end up here? I don't know, but I'm sad. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we have Stitch, who is adorable. Brittany, do you want to say uh, anything else on the Stitch frontier? Oh yeah, like are you saying Stitch front? Because you're like. You, anything that isn't being butthurt over Karate Kid? <laughs> no, I'm good. I just think he's freaking adorable and I can't stand it. It's not fair. I do want to rewatch Lilo and Stitch because it's been a really long time since I've seen it and there's a lot of things that I've forgotten about it and I heard apparently that they're making a live action version of the movie because, you know, what? of course they are. Uh, Disney is just going through its library and going, okay, let's make a live action remake. And people are like, we don't, we're not asking for this. They're like, no, 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 but 
we're going to make a live-action remake. And they're like, but I didn't ask for this. And they're like, you just don't know what you like, baby. How many times does Disney have to realize, like, these are not working. Like, the Mulan remake didn't do well. Their Lady and the Tramp um, remake was crap. Um, I liked the Lion King remake, like, but it wasn't necessary. You could just show your kid the cartoon. Like, it still stands up. I One of the things that I was talking about with Juwan, he was like, oh, well, it's for a new generation. I'm like, you could just show them the original. Like, yeah, especially with Lion King, you know, especially with Lion King, it, it was a shot-for-shot shot remake. It's like, just show them the fucking cartoon. I don't know. Like, it's like, well, it's like, oh, they've been remade in every format. You can download them. You don't need a VHS. You don't need a DVD player. You literally just bring it up on Disney Plus now. Yeah, it's not like where you can say, well, it's not accessible because it's only on VHS and people don't have VHS players anymore. Or, you know, it's on a DVD and now even DVDs are becoming extinct. It's, as you said, it's literally on on Disney Plus. You can rent it on any Play Store, whether you have Apple or use the Google uh, Play Store. So it's it's like, sorry. Is this um, like an advertisement? I said, did we just become an advertisement? <laughs> I'm just saying, go to the Disney Plus app. It's all there. All of the classics. You don't need to remake it. Like, concentrate on making new content, not remaking it. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and I think it's honestly a waste of money. But that's just my opinion. And I just said, my opinion. She said Lilo and Stitch doesn't need a um a freaking live action remake. It was great as a cartoon and you can just show your kids that cuz it's ultimately for kids, right? Even though we grew up with it so we love it, but it's for children. So why remake it into live action? I don't know. I read this thing cuz Disney Plus is remaking Home Alone and they like interviewed I think the original director producer or something and they were like why it's a waste of time it's a waste of money you capture lightning in a bottle you're not going to recapture it I feel like man he's probably salty too because he was like this was my masterpiece and you're just going to sit here and try to like do this well did you see the internet and celebrities alike went fucking ape when there was even a rumor that the studios were going to remake A Princess Bride. Like, all the original actors, other celebrities were like, what are you doing? You cannot remake this. You can't capture what was done in that movie. Like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The freaking internet rallied against that shit i know i'm gonna say like for me not knowing that movie say well as you uh like i can get the outrage did you never see the princess bride i have but i don't hardly remember it i just think i you know it's been a long time for me as well but i know that first of all that humor isn't, like, modern-day humor. Not that I think anything was offensive, but it's just a different, like, error of humor. Like, that humor is 
uh, it's, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Mel Blank or something like that? Not Mel Blank. Anyway, um, he, you know, the same guy who did, like, Men in Tights and all that shit. It's like, that's not the humor now. So how are you going to, like, reintroduce that humor in a new movie or anything like that? Or, you know, you don't have Andre the Giant anymore, so what are you going to do for that character? Um, you know, it's just it wouldn't make sense. It so I wouldn't. World, I don't feel like, would have done as well in this, like, Oh yeah, my god, yeah, the yeah. day that they the day that they turn around and try some bullshit like we're gonna remake Wayne's World, they'd be like, You guys are fucking stupid. How do you remake Wayne's World? So it like you don't have Michael Myers, you know, you don't have oh god, I forgot what the other actor's name was, but like those two were so perfect in that role. You can't redo it. That's yeah, just, I know. <laughs> but watch that's going to come in like a year or so. We're going to get the report. Apparently, Sony is deciding to remake Wayne's World. And everybody's just like, mm, we're going to catch you know those games. You know, like where you, you can make decisions and it lets you know if like somebody liked that decision. It's like everybody disliked that. Everybody disliked it. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? No. And then we're going to cast some TikTok stars. Did you see that? No. That's like. A- did you see that's a thing now? Like they're like bringing back uh, Gossip Girl or something, or they're bringing back not Gossip Girl. Zoe, Zoe, like, and it's all like TikTokers. And then I saw that they're bringing back Nine O Two One O, and they're going to have TikTokers. And I was like, Oh God, why, why? I feel also like such a boomer by the way can i like talk about this really quick this, again yeah, this is a yeah, get on yeah. podcast um i feel like such a boomer because i'm 30 and i see all these tiktok stars and it's like are they really affecting me no but it just gets frustrating right it's the same thing as i thought of like the kardashians like why are we rewarding this behavior um and can i tell you that um, there was a thing on Twitter where James Charles, like, had literally a fucking, like, conniption fit over Instagram changing its interface, which, I mean, I have to say, the interface doesn't look that much different. All they did was, like, switch where the likes are, right? Um, and he literally had, like, a full-blown meltdown. And I commented I on like, really? Really? Huh? He were like, really? Really? Like, I did comment on it, right? I go, people are dying, people are losing their jobs, but this guy has a problem with Instagram. And, I mean, it got a lot of likes, right? But then I got all these other people who were like, you're so ignorant, that's how he makes his money, you know, all these, you know, Instagram small businesses are going to suffer. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, I literally didn't say anything about Instagram and their small businesses and blah, 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 and how it's going to change the algorithm. I literally was just saying how someone like James Charles, you know, it's very tone deaf. And, like, I got so much hate, and I was like, all right, you're all, like, fucking 18 apparently getting pissy and i can't <laughs> well that's like when um i try to think it's kind of like when jeffrey star is like oh no i have to stay in my house and it's like <laughs> my big mansion <laughs> and the house where you like you have like live-in servants basically and live in like 
everything and you have a bunch of dogs and you can still order anything you want and you're oh. like you and I think you went on a vacation I'm like I don't want to hear it from you like, I saw at the beginning of the pandemic when all these celebrities are like oh no we have to stay inside and people are like you mean your like thousands of acres of mansion where you as you just said like several pools a fucking gym a like arcade a this and that in your home oh my god i'm so sad for you <laughs> i know i'm just like i get it it sucks and that's my thing it's like there's things that like i could complain about and i'm like yeah well i didn't lose my job and stuff but when you're that amount of wealthy it's because where it's like and you're complaining on the internet to people that can't, well, that's what they talk about, like, relatability with, like, YouTube now, about how a lot of YouTubers, it's kind of like Rome, it's like, you get so big, and then suddenly, it's like, it's too much, like, you, your, your success ruins you, because you become so unrelatable at that point, because you're living in a, you become detached to what made people love you so much, that you almost, like, the reason David Dobrik does so well is because, still, he's doing, like, all his charity stuff, and giving away stuff, and people can relate with that good feeling of, like, oh, they're doing this, but you get Tana Mongoose as, oh, god, I love when they call her that, she's so bratty, she is so bright, but it's like I knew girls like her in high school. Like that's not even like say a now thing. I like people like her and the Paul brothers, especially like uh, Jake Paul, who like are just terrible people, and they like thrive on being terrible people. <laughs> well, because it makes them money, and they need more money. Yeah. Oh my god! I'll say one um, last thing. It's like. Um, Again, like, where are we today on this top ten? I'm <laughs> sorry those who are listening, but I'll say this really quickly. Um, you know how, like, Kim Kardashian caught a lot of flack a couple of weeks ago with her tweet where she's like, I asked everyone to self-quarantine for two weeks, and then I flew us out to our private island, you know, where we could all pretend things are normal for a second. And it's like, that's not normal for, like, 99% of the world just you and um actually raul coley who played um you know ravi on iZombie, pointed out he goes you know what you're rich right if you want to th- like fly your people out to a private island fine do you i'd probably do the same thing but don't tweet about it like i think that yeah. was the thing it's like fine you know you have the money and you asked everyone to self-quarantine so everyone could be healthy and there was no risk of infection and you have the money to have a literally an island by yourself okay whatever fine do you like that's whatever do your shit but like don't tweet it out and saying things like you know you you act as if you're trying to be so humble and it is not humble whatsoever anything like that no one has the money for it like the h3h3 podcast pointed out because in one of the tweets she's like i understand that this isn't this isn't something a lot of people can do right now and it's like right now that's something that most people will never be able to do in their lifetime yeah it was well, just like i think it's like you know we started talking about like how a lot of depressions like issues started really with like social media too which i think social media is great in a lot of aspects but it does let you feel like 
Well, why can't I have that life? Like, you start taking it personal. Yeah. You go, what did I do wrong? You know, why am I born in this life where I can't do those things? So it's just another thing for people to stare at and go, okay, you know. Like, my life I had fuck you money. It's like, my life isn't shit because I don't have fuck you money. It's like, no, your life is probably great. And even if it isn't, like, the best at times, like, your life is still valid just because you don't have this fuck you money, you know? Yeah. Um, that's not it at all. But, um... What was I going to say? Yeah. yeah. That, that's our, spe- our spiel there. So let's, <laughs> let's move on to happier things. Um, I'll get number three on our top ten most adorable creatures list. Um, I have a question. Does your, yeah. does your number two have anything to do with the word baby in front of it? No. Mine has to do with an alien. Okay, good. I'm not, I'm just, I'm happy about that so that I can, you know, pick my next two. So my number three, my number three is going to be Baby Groot. Uh, Oh my gosh. That, so that wasn't yours, right? No, 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 that wasn't mine. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. So obviously in Guardians of the Galaxy 1, we have Groot, who you can argue was also very adorable, um, but he was also very large and scary. Um, and then at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 1, he dies, but then kind of, uh, reincarnates into, you know, Twig and all that. So then by the time we're at Guardians of the Galaxy 2, he is a baby Groot, and he is the most adorable fucking thing ever, all right? First of all, the Guardian... He's existed, he's so cute. He's so cute, it's like, it makes you want, like, you know, like, cute aggression, where you're just like, I just want to, like... Like, squeeze you. Yeah, you're so cute. And, like, the whole Guardians taking care of him like he's a baby, literally, like, passing him along, especially Gamora when she's acting so motherly towards baby Groot. And then Rocket, who's literally, like, if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in the beginning when Groot, like, eats something and Rocket's, like, spit it out and he's, like, literally hitting him in the back, like, as if you would do that with a dog. Like, what are you eating? Get like, that out of your mouth. <laughs> and freaking Groot just being the most adorable thing. Like, there are so many times in that movie where I was just like, I can't. I can't, like, when Yondu needs him to go get his new fin, and every time he comes back, it's another thing that has nothing to do with what Yondu asked for, and they have this whole conversation about hats and how Groot hates hats. It was just so freaking cute, and there's even at some point, like, I don't know how many times you've watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but, like, I've seen it a bunch of times, so there's at some point... Yondu. Uh, yeah, 100%. So, but do you do you remember the scene when um, there's a mutiny and Yandu is, uh, you know, captured and put into, like, a prison and so is Rocket? And, yeah, no, I remember this scene. I remember it. And um, Taserface was uh, yeeting people out of the ship and they were like, what do we do with with this creature, do we yeet it out of the ship? And he was like, no, it's too adorable to kill. And, like, that's how I felt about Baby Groot. I was like, you hit the nail on the head. But the cutest freaking part of it was um, fucking, whatchamacallit, it, when Rocket is trying to tell Groot to not touch the death button, and Groot just could not understand. He was, Rocket would be like, all right, so repeat it back to me. And Groot's like, I am Groot. He's like, uh-huh. 
I am Groot. Uh-huh. I am Groot. No! That's literally the button I told you not to press. And it's like, I can't. I can't. And then there was one scene also when Ego was like, remember, he was getting the advantage. And he started, um, like, crushing everyone. And baby Groot was getting crushed. And he literally started crying like a baby. And I was like, no! You no, don't not <laughs> um so yeah i can't i'm getting like excited now because i'm just like this is so adorable baby groot (laughs) baby groot is so cute because like you know i think it's because they didn't even like throw him out to be that kind of character initially you just thought he was dead and i was like well that happened that that escalated quickly right and you're like, but he's, and then you see he's back and he's so tiny. Everybody's like, I had a lady when I worked at GameStop, right? She was mm-hmm. obsessed with Baby Groot. Anytime she'd be like, did y'all get any more Baby Groot? So she had every <laughs> last thing of Baby Groot our store had to offer and would pre-order the rest of it. She was obsessed, Tia. My God. That's... She really loved Baby Groot. Apparently. Yeah, Kelly loved Baby Groot, too. She was just, like, could not stand it. Like, I almost, like, teenage Groot was a little shit. And I said to myself, man, why couldn't we have just kept Baby Groot? I know. Where it's like, I just saw him never grow old. You could say it takes, like, a thousand years for him to grow up. And he was still deadly. He was still able to, like, you know, branch out his, you know, branches and start killing people and shit. He did it in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, so he could have. He could have a tiny murderer. We love a tiny murderer. <laughs> oh, my God. I did. And I loved how Yondu always called him Twig. <laughs> like, just, I know. And I think he even says at some point to Rocket, he's like, make sure you take care of that Twig. Oh, my God. That was another adorable moment when uh, Rocket, you know, uh, when Yondu was going to sacrifice himself to help Peter. And Groot is like, I am Groot. And freaking Yondu goes, what did he say? And Rocket's like, he said, welcome to the the guardians of the freaking galaxy although he didn't say freaking <laughs> and he goes to he goes to Grudy's like we're gonna have to work on your mouth <laughs> i feel like we could all relate with that <laughs> oh my god he was just the cutest freaking thing like uh james gunn was like all right how do i manipulate the viewers got it Baby version of Groot. <laughs> Baby version of Groot. And you know what? It worked on us. Because we're, uh, oh, we're that, um, what, not petty. What was the word I'm looking for? We're that easy. <laughs> yeah, we're that easy, Tia. You just say, oh, look baby version of Groot. Because, again, like, I kind of thought Groot was adorable in the first one. I mean, he was very, like, almost like the Iron Giant in a way that he was yes. to certain things. And when he gave, like, flowers to the little girl and stuff like that, like, again, like, cute, right? And then you just babyfy it, and it's, oh, God. He's a murder baby, baby. I don't he's a murder baby, baby, but I meant to say he's a murder baby. He's a murder baby, baby. 
I loved him. Oh, my God. He was so cute. I can't. And his little dance and everything at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Like, I love it. I love it. Now I want to rewatch it. Thanks a lot, Tia. You know, I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 gets better the more you watch it. Because when I first saw it in theaters, I liked it, but I definitely was maybe slightly disappointed because I was like, oh, it doesn't say, like, excite me as much as the first one did when I went to see it in the movies. And then I kept watching it, and I was like, no, I, I really like this say more and more, more than I thought I did. And it was like, it took me forever to watch the second one. I don't know why, because I love all the Marvel movies, and I love the first one. So I don't know why it took me so long to watch the second one. Yeah, and... I mean, I think with the second one, it wasn't, say, like, particularly r- relevant, really, to the overall arc of Marvel. It really just explained, like, what it really just served to explain who Peter is, like, who his dad was and all that. An um, evil asshole. My only thing that, like, disappointed me and Paulie and I talk about this when we rewatch Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is that it sucks because um, it would have been really cool for Peter to have those powers. Because I know. It, I feel like it would have given him such, like a, like, a boost. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. By the way, did you hear that it was confirmed that um, Chris Pratt is going to be in the fourth Thor movie? So, I saw that. <laughs> I am <saw that> excited. <laughs> I'm excited, too. They were so hilarious in Infinity War at the end of Endgame, so I'm pretty pumped at that. You like how when people are wanting to, like, be mean to Chris Pratt, and then suddenly they see he's going to be in another movie, and they're like, oh, my God, I love him. I've always loved him. It's like, "Mm." like, Mm. I feel like I'm unnecessarily, like, shitty to Chris Pratt, And I have a theory, and it's the pettiest thing ever, but I don't doubt this with the internet, that it really all stems from the fact that they all blame him for what happened in Infinity War. Tell me me that you didn't see any Chris Pratt hate before Infinity War. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy. People loved him. He was in the Jurassic, you know, world movies, and people loved him. You know, people were mad excited to see the Guardians and Infinity War, and suddenly Infinity War comes, and they're like, ah, Star-Lord's an asshole, blah, blah. And then suddenly I see all this Chris Pratt hate, and I'm like, please tell me this didn't all stem from the fact that you're all mad at a fictional character. I know. You know what's funny, too, by the way, is... Mm -hmm. uh, do you ever feel like it's extremely hard to cancel this actual celebrity? Like, you know, not, like, internet personality or anything, but, like, celebrities, they always bounce back. Kind of like Scarlett Johansson. Like, you know, she had her controversy, but look at her now. It's, like, the moment she was in Marvel, and, it, like, it definitely helped, if that makes sense. I was definitely surprised with Scarlett Johansson that actually she has been able to maintain a career after so many cancellations, um, which I, I love Scarlett Johansson. Um, I think she was also a little tone deaf when she said certain things. I'm hoping that she's grown a little. Um, it seems it, certainly. But she's a good actress, you know, and she, you know, made some mistakes along the way, but... I think that she isn't Gwyneth Paltrow with her freaking vagina candles. 
Gwyneth Paltrow is just ridiculous. For, uh, you know, at least Scarlett Johansson remembers that she's in these fucking movies. All right. Gwyneth Paltrow literally can't remember anything. Um, I don't know if you ever, if you know what I'm talking about, but John Favreau, which I love that man. <laughs> John Favreau has a cooking show on Netflix, right? And yeah, because of that movie he played in, right? Like a right, long time not- ago. Mm-hmm. And he has a cooking show and he's invited like plenty of the freaking um, like Marvel people to be on the show. Like he's had Tom Holland. He's had freaking uh, Robert Downey Jr. He's even had like the Russo brothers on like he's had a lot of them on. Right. And freaking um, one episode he had um, Gwyneth Paltrow on and he mentioned something like uh, Spider-Man. Uh, homecoming right and she's like oh she's like that sounds so cool she said something along the fact right like as if she was so like far removed from that movie and john's like you were in it and she was like what and he's like oh my god she's like you were in homecoming she's like no and he's like we did a scene together and she goes i don't remember and i was just like Bro, what are you taking? That's that's a little cringe. What are you? It's like, what are you smoking out there in California? (laughs) She's smoking this good stuff, whatever it is. Whatever it is, it's literally causing gaps in memory. (laughs) Um, But. If you're ever looking for, like, a soothing um, show, I do suggest watching John Favreau's cooking series because it's, it's literally just them cooking and talking about food and having a good-ass time. And he even has, like, professional chefs involved who own, like, really high-end restaurants and everything. I just I thought it was adorable. And he's kind yeah. of adorable. You know that? So it fits. I, I, I like him a lot. I, I do like him a lot. I think he, like, He's he's just so interesting, and I still want him to be together with uh with uh Peter's aunt. With aunt, yeah. aunt May, yes. Um, I I definitely shipped Happy and Aunt May. It kind of broke my heart at the end of um Far From Home when he's like, "I love her," and she's like, "It was just a fling." <laughs> and I was like, I don't even look at each other afterwards, like. <laughs> we need to talk. Yeah, I um, I was upset by that, but yeah. So number three is Baby Groot. Brittany, what is your number two? Um, it's a movie I have not seen in a long time, so you're gonna have to forgive me, okay? I'm gonna go with ET from ET. God, yes. You know, because like growing up and hearing about the movie and seeing the movie and having been such a long time. Do you not, like, whenever they have an adorable character that's starting to, like, die in some form or fashion, or, like, where the kids get attacked by a heart, and, and keep in mind, this wrinkly, ball-sack-looking creature is still, like, <laughs> the cutest thing ever. I, I, I know, I know what you're thinking, but Tia, you have to admit it, like, he's a very wrinkly little man, but he's adorable. Like, he pulls at your heartstrings because you get that, like, there's something in you that wants to protect him. And, like, but he's not, like, super, like, conventionally cute where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, that he's manufactured to make you love him. It's like, no, he's so he's so ugly, he's cute. 
<laughs> that makes sense. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen E.T., have you? Of course I did. I watched E.T. a lot when I was a kid. It's just like he's so, like, I, when he's dying, though, by the way, did you not feel, like, personally attacked by it? Oh, my God, I was, I think as a kid I was, like, traumatized. I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen the movie, and I definitely want to see it again. But there's just something about it where you're just like, mm, mm, mm. like, like, why do you have to like make something cute just to try to kill it? But I do love like when they touch the fingertips and his fingers glow. I remember as a kid, I wanted a toy of him because I saw there was like a big giant plush of him. And I don't think my parents got it for me, which is probably the reason why I turned out so messed up as I did. No, oh my God. <laughs> but, no, I don't know. It's hard to, like, go on about why I like him so much because, I mean, I'm like, okay, he's just really freaking cute. But, like, I don't know. I feel like that movie's so iconic, by the way, because do you not see, like, a bicycle, like, basically going over a moon and instantly think E.T.? Oh, of course. Um, I think I even went on the Universal Studios ride of E.T. when I was a kid. Like, I loved E.T. E.T. Found home. I feel like everybody has to do that voice. Like, it's just a part of it. Like, if you've seen the movie or at least heard the references, I just feel like it's crazy. There's some movies that are so big that didn't E.T. get beat by uh, Titanic, and Titanic got beat by um, Avatar? Yeah, I mean, Avatar held, like, that record for a long time before Endgame, like, swooped up and said, nah, bitch. Um, but... <laughs> uh, you know, I sometimes feel like, like the Avengers cheated, though, by setting up this whole thing. I mean, listen, I didn't like Avatar and I felt like it was undeserving of its title so I was perfectly fine with Endgame beating it to I the ground Avatar. I saw Avatar when it first was in theaters and that was at the height of the 3D like extravaganza where every movie unnecessarily became 3D like Toy Story 3 was 3D why was it 3D God, was it I didn't yes. remember that. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, it was. So, like, every movie was, like, unnecessarily 3D for the sake of being 3D. And it got me so nauseous, which I think is probably, like, another reason why I hated it at the time. But then I rewatched it a few years ago. I'm like, nope, still hate it. Because it's, like, <laughs> so, it's it. such a... It's such a basic story, and then they were just like, oh, look, pretty colors. Um, that's, you know, I feel like, if anything, Avatar cheated the system. They were like, here's a Romeo and Juliet story, but we're going to repackage it with blue aliens, and it's going to make us fucking bank. <laughs> I mean, I guess, to be fair, it did make them bank. It did oh, make yeah. them bank. If I, if I, that's why, like, they're so freaking excited to make uh, Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, because they're like, hopefully we make that bank again. Um, but E.T. is you gotta great. Go with the cash cow, Tia. Gotta go with the cash cow. E.T. is great. Um, didn't, wasn't it, though, like, E.T., like, traumatized Drew Barrymore or something like that? I feel like why that was a thing. I know that. That's so sad. 
Because she was, like, a kid and acting along this, like, as you said, creepy, like, animatronic alien that would just pop up out of nowhere. Like, I, I think if it, if it didn't traumatize her, there was definitely some jump scares in there that she wasn't expecting that they didn't tell her about so that they could get a genuine reaction, which is fucked up from a kid. Um, I looked that up about Drew Barrymore and E.T., it's it, I it's just um I don't know I have to like look back at some interviews but I really could have sworn like that was the thing if I'm talking out of my ass those who are listening please let me know but um I did love ET I watched it a lot as a kid um I got goosebumps every time when you saw the kid you know racing with ET in the little basket and that was I think like his most adorable when he was all wrapped up in that little basket. I know, because isn't that when he was still sickly? Um, yeah, yeah, I think that was a thing. And then I also think the kid was trying to conceal him, because you remember the government, like, tried to intervene and all that. Uh, that got me such a fear, though. Like, it was very real. Like, it's like the government wouldn't be like, oh, look at this alien, it's so cute. They'd be like, let's dissect it, let's learn. But why would you kill the only thing you have that, like, you could study to figure things out more. But you could learn more about them being alive than dead. Let's be honest. If this were real, uh, E.T. would have been dissected and all of that family would have went missing. They'd be like, oh, where was that family? They used to live in that house over there. And they'd be was, like, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. I know. Like, I, I like the liberties we take with, uh, with certain movies. I, I'm just saying, like, you know how much my boyfriend is into aliens, and so he subjects me. No, I'm kidding. He was walking by, so I wanted to fuck with him. But he, you know, puts on a lot of um, alien Area 51 sort of things, and you always hear about these people who try and be whistleblowers, and, like, they say a little bit of something, and the freaking, like, feds are on it, Right. So you watch something like E.T. and you're like, nah, that <laughs> that would not have gone that way. <laughs> if there was an I actual remember, alien, no. <laughs> I remember there was a movie where it was something like that where it's like, oh, the family didn't want to go just like missing. So they made it a point to like be really in the forefront of the news so that if they went missing that the, there would be instant conspiracies about it and people would never leave it alone. Oh, my God, it's funny you say that because we literally just watched a documentary on this guy, and now I can't remember his name, but he only went public for, like, a contingency plan. Like, they were like, why did you go public? And he's like, I don't want to be public. He's like, but it's my contingency plan. So if, you know, he goes missing suddenly, people are going to be like, wait, that guy was just on the news talking all this shit about, like, alien spaceships, and now he's missing. That don't sound right. Uh, it would continue uh, his uh, theories, even in the afterlife. Even in the afterlife, <laughs> which is messed up. <laughs> it's messed up, but true. If if you're listening, feds, we don't mean anything by it. <laughs> no, we're, we're pathetic. No, just leave us alone. Let's we don't it. know anything about Area 51, I swear. <laughs> no birth and no babies. I always think back to that. You're right. Like it's the number one thing I always think about. Um, 
What was I going to say? You saw a couple of years back where they did, like, the they were like, we're going to raid Area 51, and then they go, and it's just people having a party in, like, alien costumes. Oh, my gosh. Did you remember that, that part of, like, the internet where they were all like, it's time to raid Area 51 and demand that they tell us what's going on in there, and, like, barely anyone showed up. I love the kid that freaking Naruto, Naruto ran. You like, ran. Camera. That was, like, that was peak, like, what, 2019? That was peak the type of people, too, who were into that. <laughs> like, the Naruto people. No offense, Naruto I, people. Don't come after me. YouTuber I watched that I liked, which now I can't think of his name, who uh, he did a whole video about going to Area 51 and, like, all the freaking people there. He said it was, like, 50% memers and 50% conspiracy nuts. I, that's what I can see it being. Like, uh, people be if this happened when, like, Tanamangu and stuff were really big, they'd be there, too, like, having a party. They gotta get that clout. <laughs> I know. I, I still think mongoose every time. Well, I think it because Def Noodles always says it. He's like, Tanamongoose. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't even know this woman's real name after all this, but, um... Yes, E.T. is definitely adorable. 100% deserves to be on this list as number two. We are down to the number one on our top ten most adorable creatures in movies and TV shows. Let's go through our list before we get to the number one spot. We have Iron Giant, Wally, all of the animals from How- uh, Homeward Bound, Goose, R2-D2, BB-8, Stitch, Baby Groot, E.T., and my number one, the creature who even inspired this list and is Baby Yoda. Okay. Oh, I, I knew it. I knew it had to be Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Like, you know, John Favreau and Disney did not tease that this would even be a character in The Mandalorian before The Mandalorian. We just saw, oh, it looks like it's going to be some badass, like, space western. Pedro Pascal is playing this character. It is awesome looking. Like, I was down for it even before that, right? You watch the first episode. It's cool. And at the very end, you see Baby Yoda just with his little hand pull down his blanket. And it's like, that was it. That was done. The internet went ablaze. I mean, Baby Yoda, I think at this point, like, even dominates Baby Groot, which is crazy because Baby Groot was the first craze. But Baby Yoda, I mean, it is insane, right? I mean, we just bought a freaking ColourPop eyeshadow palette that has Baby Yoda on it, right? Freaking, um... You know, it's in merchandise, toys, this, 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 and that. It's baby, and I'm sorry, they keep trying to call it the child. It's not the child. It's Baby Yoda. Let's be real, right? (laughs) Baby Yoda is so cute. He is so adorable. It just his little coos, his little way of walking, his and then the fact that he's a badass, like you know, Jedi who can manipulate the Force and everything. So. Fucking adorable. I can't. The way he eats his frogs and shit. And let me tell you, 
he has gotten just even more adorable in season two. Like there are scenes where now he like knows that daddy Mando is about to go ham on some people and he closes his little eggshell, right? Freaking there's one scene where he gets separated from daddy Mando. And when daddy Mando goes to get him, he literally runs and cries up to daddy Mando. Oh my God. It is the most adorable creature ever. Ever. Mando never stood a chance against that cuteness. Never. Never. Yeah, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Now he's like, that's one. That's that's my kid. That's my boy. <laughs> that's my boy. He has such a soft spot for that baby. I I cannot. And now he's like on it, right? Like in season one, Baby Yoda get into some trouble, and Mando wouldn't know at first. Now in season two, it's like he doesn't even need to look, and he knows. Baby Yoda's like in trouble and needs to save him because they're in the last episode as they're leaving you see this little like squid creature got its way into the ship and it's like hovering over Baby Yoda and you're like oh my god it's about to drop blah 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 and as soon as it drops like Mando's not even looking he just like reaches and like grabs it midair and I'm like he just knows now like Baby Yoda's in trouble. Why is that so cute? Why is he's so cute? He's so cute. The way his little a, ears. Get to Sorry, a man that will take care of a baby. Like, like a man that takes care of baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's so cute. The way his little ears move. The way he's like cooing all the time. Oh my god. So cute. So cute. And so. In, the, in this season. In the second episode. Right. It's so funny. Um. I don't think Mando feeds Baby Yoda enough because in the second episode of this season, Mando has to transport this like frog lady to reunite with her husband. And the frog lady has in this like backpack, this uh, like liquid that is holding her eggs. Right. Um, Because apparently they're like the last of their kind. And this is like the last of her like cycle or something like that blah 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 <laughs> well there's at some point where mando literally walks into baby yoda having the thing open and he's he's eating her eggs and mando oh, is like oh my, my god, god stop doing that <laughs> stop doing that left? yeah yeah no there was like plenty left but baby yoda's just like mine <laughs> oh my god the little monster i love god. him but jeez and then in the last episode, they go to this, like, bar, and he's like, oh, chow- get get uh, Yoda, you know, some chowder, right? He's like, oh, get him some chowder for the kid. And, like, there's a freaking, like, octopus that literally jumps out and, like, suction cups its, like, self to Yoda's face. And the fucking Mando's like, stop playing with your food. And it's like, what the food jumps out and attacks him. He's, uh, maybe he needs a little bit of help. Maybe you could uh, help him out there, bud. Oh, I love Baby Yoda, though. He's so cute. He's so adorable. I can't. Hmm? Does he give you baby fever? No. No, not at all. Um, I just want Baby Yoda. I don't want something of my own loins. I just want a little green baby. She's so cute. Oh my god, I can't. It's it's Your like mom's gonna hear this and be like, give me grandchildren to you. Okay, <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> but 
<laughs> when they're like reclosing everything. <laughs> oh, okay. um, but uh, what you know calls it? No, like Baby Yoda is so cute. It like gives me cute aggression. It it's a problem. Like I don't know what I would do. And apparently, so Baby Yoda isn't CGI'd, right? Like obviously, some of his like movements and facial expressions are, but it is an animatronic like doll pretty much because they wanted people to really like feel as if this was a thing that they're interacting with. And one of the actors from the first season said that it got to the point where people started literally acting as if like this creature was alive. Like even when the cameras weren't rolling, like holding it in a cradle position, (laughs) they were saying like, you really started believing like baby Yoda was real. (laughs) Oh, no, no, I want a little baby. I want a little baby Yoda. Yeah, don't say that first part too loud, Aaron. I might start getting uh, ideas. Oh, my getting God. Ideas in the beginning. So, you know, chill out for a second. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so baby Yoda is my number one. He inspired this list. I think he's the cutest fucking thing ever. The idea that the Mandalorian may ever exist without baby Yoda is terrifying. Although... Brittany, you need to keep up with it. Um, the I like know. the third episode that just came out was so cool. It introduces like new Mandalorians and completely opens up the like lore of Mandalorians really quick. Spoiler alert: You have these Mandos, right, who have really awesome fucking armor. It's like blue and shit. And at some point, they take off their helmets. And, of course, you know, like, Mando has a conniption fit. He's like, where did you get that armor? You're not real Mandalorians. And they're like, uh, we were born on Mandalore. I'm actually the fucking princess of Mandalore. Like, Oh, my God. Then why did they take their helmet off? Because they pretty much explained that Mandalorians have progressed and don't believe in that anymore. That Mando is actually... Um, adopted by a subdivision of Mandalorians who are extreme extremists, pretty much, who believe in re- in bringing back the old ways. But that's not how, like, progressive Mandalores act. It's like they realize it's okay to take your helmets off. Because she even says, like, when uh, Mando's like, that's not true, you know, this is the way, there's only one way. And she's like, oh, you're a child of the watch, aren't you? She's like, that's like a cult overzealous religious group that like is crazy. Like she literally just says that to him and he's just like, you can see he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, at that moment when you're realizing you could have been taking it off this entire time. <laughs> he's like, shit. <laughs> so I just thought that was like great because in the first episode, of this season, he ran into, like, another person who, like, legitimately wasn't a Mandalorian. He was just wearing, like, armor because he had found it. And so, like, that happens. So when you see these people take their helmets off, he's just, like, getting ready to be, like, where to get that fucking armor? And they're, like, and the woman's, like, hold up, hold up. You don't even know who you're talking to. <laughs> I am your queen. I am your fucking queen. Like, step back. But, what? um... Frickin' Brittany, did you have any honorable mentions that you want to shout out before we wrap everything up? I was trying to sit there and think of anyone just, like, really freaking adorable, but I can't think of any more offhand. Um, so I have a few um, that I was literally, like, coming up with during this podcast in case, like, you said any of my picks. 
Um, I had Hello Kitty, Gizmo, uh, Kirby from the Kirby games, um, Invader Zim, I thought was strangely adorable. Um, freaking, I also had the monkey from the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And my mom suggested Winnie the Pooh, and I was like, he's kind of cute. Oh, Winnie the Pooh. You know Aaron loves Winnie the Pooh. Oh, my gosh. I, um, my friend Jeanette loved Winnie the Pooh. She loved Eeyore. She had, like, Eeyore, like, decor everywhere. Um, I thought he was cute. I don't think I got, like, ever too into Winnie the Pooh, but I'll tell you what, like, Winnie the Pooh made honey always look so good. Like, is it cheese to me. Hmm? It always looked like cheese to me. <laughs> I just thought it looked so good, and I'm like, yeah, honey's good, but you can't eat it, like, out of a fucking barrel like Winnie the Pooh does, but uh, he I, made it seem as if you could. <laughs> I I try to like, um, like honey, but I don't like honey. Really? I like it in my tea. I'll sometimes put it in my tea as opposed it, to sugar. My, my tea. Tea for the tea. I'll tell you one thing, Brittany. Um, natural honey is so much different than, like, the store-bought bear honey that's, like, really sugary and thick. If you go to, like, nature markets and shit and you get locally sourced honey, it's so much better um like we have a place called salingers that has locally made honey and they'll have it like depending on what flowers it's say infused with and stuff and it's much lighter it's a much lighter flavor than if you just go to say walmart and you just get the bare honey which is like really thick and overpowering like ever since i've started having say naturally made honey i prefer that so much more over the honey you get in stores. Well, I was going to say, at the antique store I work with, there's someone that does, like, the local honey, like, in, like, the jars or, like, the big, like, I, 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 why do I find the ones with the honeycomb in them so, like, delicious looking, though? It's, I've actually had those. I bought one at Trader Joe's. They had a small jar with it, and I was like, oh, let me buy that. It's actually annoying because it's wax, so you can't eat that. So you're biting into it, and then you have to spit out the wax. Like, it actually is, like, annoying. I know. Um, <laughs> I know. It's a, like, you can just swallow the wax, and I'm like, mm, mm. No, no, no. Um, one day you should buy that honey from that antique store and send it to me because I remember looking at it whenever I would go with you. But, um, Brittany, this has been a fun uh, top 10 of the most adorable characters. Um, I want you to plug your shit before I let you go. <laughs> you can always find me on Twitch at Itty Bitty Brit. I mean, sorry, at Itty Bitty Brit and Twitter at Itty Bitty Brit Zero. And uh, I've been playing a lot of the PS5 lately, playing Demon Souls, which is a notoriously very, very hard game. And uh, enjoying the PS5. Uh, been having a lot of fun with my community. Uh, my custom overlays are getting closer and closer to being done. So it's just been a really good time. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. 
<laughs> Make sure you check that out. Um, Brittany is a very dedicated streamer who uh, has a lot of jump scares. I tune in on those, and you're uh, yelling hey. a lot. <laughs> um, and you can also check it out because her cats make um, a cameo every once in a while. But so please make sure you check that out and check out Brittany every week on the top 10. She is my uh, companion here 99% of the time. And the 1% is when I cry when she's not around. Um, no, but please make sure you check that out. As for me, um, you can find my articles, which are, you know, range from reviews, opinion pieces, news, all on geekvibesnation.com. It has links to all of our social media platforms. You can find me as well on Twitter and Instagram, Tia Fabi. Um, and also we are on YouTube at Geek Vibes Podcast. So make sure you check that out. I do a lot of interviews and I have a segment called Tea Time with Tia. So you can check that out. Um, and yeah. Thank you guys again. If you ever have a suggestion of what we should do for our next top 10, please let us know. And let us know who you think is the most adorable creature in movie and TV. Brittany, it's been a great uh, time with you, and I hope everyone has a great rest of their Sunday. Bye. Bye.